say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that doesn't always do episodes about secret government meetings involving high-level officials, but when we do, they're generally about sex. <laughs> this one isn't. This is Hysteria 51. Now, granted, we do enough of them on low-level secret meetings with low-level government officials. I mean, not, not I mean, those end. are in the hundreds at this point. Yeah, yeah, we're running out of shit. We got to start shooting to the top. <laughs> we're going high level. Yeah, call us the cream, baby. We're rising. <laughs> Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, I am your host on this search through the nebulous pages of the fifth and sixth and seventh Google results. Uh, I like I to call know. this uh, MJ12 Part Due. Part Due. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's actually better. Should have let you do the intro. Anyway, my Welcome name's John. Go- staring- oh, wait, you were joking. I, <laughs> I was. A, yeah, I mean, get out of my seat, man. Uh, my name is still John Goforth, and that other voice is Mr. Brent Hand. Yeah, and we turned off the robot for the week because Chris is intimidated by him. And by robot, I meant robots. There's two of them now. What, did you turn Kyle off or did you just kick him out of the room? Well, I turned him off. I, I told him I'd show him naked pictures of Seabot and he got turned off real fast. <laughs> <sighs> did you see that Seabot was actually thinking about taking a PPP loan? Yeah, and some I saw that. I saw also on, on Hysteria Nation that someone made a campaign poster for him uh, for president, which, I mean, none of that sounds good. So perhaps you don't turn him back on for a while. (laughs) By turning him off, I meant I gave him some money and told him to go to the bar because he doesn't count as a person, so he can go inside. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if you ever watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation and they argue about Data's sentience, um, there's no argument here. He is not sentient, or at least not in the eyes of the law, so fuck him. That's right. But someone who uh, is also fucked in the eyes of the law, we got a guest this week. How's yes! that for a how's that for a fucking uh, bringing it home? <laughs> I, well, I you, that transition actually gets a uh, a passing grade from me. I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> He's wanted in three this. states and not wanted in his own. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, Doctor Christopher Cogswell, welcome back to the program. What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, you know, just living this COVID dream up here in uh, what is this? The third coast? Is that what they call Chicago? The, yeah, yeah, the third coast. We're a we're a flyover or the sec- coast or the second city. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Third coast, the third coast. Oh God. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys got my. Uh, I'm glad you guys got my riders that said no robots. I'm actually it's in my contract. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you also get the uh, the only green M and M's that we I sent? did? I did get that. Thank you very much. Uh, Brent only and, sneezed uh, on yeah. them twice, yeah. and he's only marginally potentially covid positive so oh perfect i needed a break from work so this is great <laughs> it's gonna be really gonna be really good for me some trivia so the green m&m is a woman and the brown m&m is a woman and they are in the the world of m&ms lesbians and dating each other how's that for for some uh, info to drop on you deep lore yeah yeah deep lore to my candy it just seems like a crazy thing like that and red 
is a pedophile. I don't know if you know that or not. So I feel like you made that one up. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how true that one is. <laughs> so let me. Oh, okay, let's go. Let's go down this rabbit hole for a second. How in the world? Where does the where does the cannon come from? I mean, I've seen like the commercials in the movie theaters where they're all about to get blown up by a bomb, but that's about as deep as I've seen uh, story uh, uh, come out of the uh, out of the M M&M and M department. Well, it all started with a little melting in your mouth, not in your hands, John. And uh, <laughs> that's as far as I can go without. Uh, legal repercussions. <laughs> they're gonna do a gritty reboot of Skittles. They're all just in a in a Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> it's Skittles time. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us off on a on a little little tangent here, but I have to. You're all after I tell you what I'm about to tell you. You are both welcome to call me an idiot or a moron or whatever whatever uh, uh, word you so choose. I rented Harley Quinn and the blah, 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 blahs. Yeah. Or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fuck, that was awful. And, yeah. it, and like, what's wrong with me that I thought it would be anything better than Suicide Squad? I don't know. I, 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 I think, you know what I get sold on? I get sold. I don't get sold on, like, Amazon reviews. I don't get sold on Yelp reviews much. I get sold on Rotten Tomatoes. And it was like 78% fresh. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't even pay any attention to those. If I, I watched it. It was worse. It was not that good. It was an, an enjoyable enough movie that I didn't turn it off. That's about as far as my, my breakdown on that movie goes. I really, I feel like, so I'm a huge Batman nerd. Um, I feel like Black Mask is never given the kind of spotlight that he deserves as a character. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the portrayal of Black Mask in that was awesome. I thought yeah. it was so good. Um, I thought Zaz was okay. But Zaz, they also make Zaz now just like an assassin, which is pretty boring. Yeah. I also I didn't think they did justice to Black Canary at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And so it's kind of it's it's a weird one because it was better than Suicide Squad, in my mind. I, I thought it was better than Suicide Squad. But Suicide Squad was terrible. So like this just being kind of bad. I don't know how much that. It, yeah, I, yeah I that's not, it wasn't exactly a high bar. No, it wasn't. And, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. We're never like in my mind, at least I'm not sure that any any superhero movie will ever trump. Batman, the Nolan trilogy for me, um, just because it was like it started oh, with man. Scarecrow. Joe, if Joe Peck was on this episode. You guys would come to blows. He hates. I oh, hate, dude, I know. I hate so the Nolan trilogy. Dude, how? It's so I just, good. That's not Batman to me. It's not Batman. Oh, it's so good. It's no, it is. watered it's so down good. version of. I just. Not I don't my like Batman. I, uh, see, yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that really like the. See, I I really like the kind of. I don't know. I guess not really late '80s because even those comics were still pretty like fantastical. You know what I mean? Well, but that's uh, that, so late eighties. Um, in the eighties is when they redid Batman, as in the gritty, you know, the Dark Knight Returns and stuff, and that's when it kind of made a a turning point. I would say Detective Comics. Yeah, I was gonna say I've always I've always preferred the kind of Detective Comics side of Batman, where he is a detective, he is sort of this man fighting other other people, right? Other well, they humans. Say that's there's what some the many Robert humans Patterson one uh, is gonna be. Is I know, and I'm pretty story. I'm pretty excited, except it's got my uh, all-time favorite Batman villain in it, supposedly, um, and I don't know how it's going to go. Who is it? I don't even know who's supposed to be in this one. Uh, so, so uh, spoilers, man. I don't want to spoil anything. Well, it's not a spoiler. The movie's not even out. You haven't seen okay, it. Okay, so. the villain. The villain is supposed to be the Riddler. 
Oh, okay. Right, which okay. is one of my favorite comic villains of all time. But then also supposedly in it is the Mad Hatter as a kind of small cameo or something, yeah. which I love the Mad Hatter. I think, again, another one of those villains that's like highly underutilized in kind of the media portrayal. They're bringing back Jim Carrey. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see today? They might be bringing back Michael Keaton. Yep. Yeah, I did the, see that. In the Ezra Flash? Miller, what Flash, the hell? Yeah, Flashpoint stuff. I thought, oh, my God. I thought Ezra Miller was, like, out. Well, like, it turns out you hit, hit, hit woman one woman and not completely get fired. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that how it woman. works? Jesus Christ. I thought you guys had me on to talk about Candy and Batman, so I'm a little Oh, yeah, we're, 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 we're done after this conversation. Uh, speaking of DC Comics, one other quick note. I finally started watching the DC TV universe. I posted about it in Nation. I started out of order. I, I watched like the first season almost of The Flash, um, and it's okay. It's fine. Um, okay. But then I, I got a recommendation from a friend. He's like, "Dude, just don't just. I mean, go back to The Flash when you need to, but get into Arrow." I'm like, I, didn't, I never cared about Arrow as a comic book character. Okay, whatever. I'm like ten episodes into the first season. Wow, that's a really good show. I just didn't enjoy mm. it. I watched the first season and never went back. I'm, I'm really enjoying. It. I think that uh, that was when it came out. That though. actor, I think, is a is a really competent actor, and you can't always say that about these comic book TV shows. Anyway, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I understand if other folks don't. You know, there's it, they, and they all have this. They, they kind of have a weird tinge to them. You know, and especially if you're into kind of more of the comic book movies, like these, these kind of campy TV shows aren't yeah. aren't everyone's cup of, cup of tea. But I. As compared to some of the other campy TV shows, I've been enjoying Arrow. Yeah, I got. I got to tell you, my uh, my favorite comic book character of all time is John Constantine. Well, there you go. So yeah. I was going to say, so don't. So the Constantine TV show I thought was actually pretty good, yes. generally. Yes, it was. Um, and then yeah, they're just like, well, we're we're not doing that again. But I tell you what, uh, Matt, whatever who played him, has taken over playing him in all of the DC animated. Uh, they just animate that version of him, and he's really good. <laughs> Yeah, per, I've, per I've your heard, suggestion, uh, Brent, I watched Apocalypse or yeah. Apocalypse War or whatever it is, uh, and that was like really the, good. It's still trailing off of the that was uh, from Flashpoint, but yeah, yeah, it's like this whole long arc in the the, the cartoons, which yeah. I, I guess ended like uh, uh, the the entirety of the DC animated universe. They're restarting, yeah, yeah. He, oh, they're restarting it. Okay, no, no spoilers, but watch it till the end, yeah. And then, you and know. speaking of restarting, we're not going to restart this episode, but we do have something else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> it's not DC. We actually have something that is kind of timely and might be a little more timely as 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 things come out because it's kind of like the worst kept secret in ufology right now that this might be kind of something that's going to be talked about in the news. So we wanted to bring it up, and we're talking about. The Wilson Davis Papers, or the what? What's another name? They call them the Core, Core Secrets, Core Secrets Papers. Yeah, the Core Secrets, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yeah, well, the bomb <laughs> is uh, recovered alien craft and technology. So, a spoiler alert there. But uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with this, and a lot of people are. They've kind of been in the news since last year, uh, big, but it's not. Um, they they were they were mumbled about for a long time, and they detail an event that did or didn't happen in the E G and G parking lot in Las Vegas. Eighteen was there years ago. was there mumble rap about it? Mumble rap is what the Wilson Davis Papers actually kicked off. Oh, many a oh, career. Wow. Okay. Cool. And the important thing about this is, if this is true, if these papers are true. It's one of the most important things, not only in ufology, but to mankind, period. 
and it's also illegal. And it highlights some shady shit that our government is known for. And that's why at least one of the, the, the checks in the camp that it could be uh, believable because it is douchebaggy and and evil. Uh, I, I hate to say that because you can make arguments for why anything happens. But a very brief description is there. Are these, these papers are a series of notes on a meeting written by former uh, Earth Tech International uh, Ph.D. scientist, Dr. Eric W. Davis. If you're in the UFO world, you've probably heard of Eric Davis regarding a meeting he had with the. Uh, 13th director of the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, Admiral Thomas R. Wilson. I'd like to quickly point out that this is not, in fact, the same Eric Davis that played for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't look that up, so I'll take your word for it. It's not him. It's definitely not him. I, I'm almost sure. 85%. Have you ever seen them in the same room? I can't say we've seen them in the same room, though. That's the problem there. I have not. <laughs> right. So a lot of you are probably going, yeah, yeah, meeting between a scientist and military personnel, it happens all the time. Well, this one is important because of the discussion topic, one that I kind of alluded to, but it is UFO-related black programs ran by aerospace contractors outside of the United States government, specifically a UFO reverse engineering program. And Admiral Wilson was reported to be angry with this because he was denied his, as he saw, rights to have access to an oversight of said activities. Because, as we said, he was the director of the DIA. This dude is, you know, he was on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And when you say outside by, you know, by contractors, you're not, we're not, I'm assuming you're not implying, I'm, I'm asking, not telling, that no one in the government knew about it. Is specifically that this dude's upset that he didn't know about it. Right. But those contractors were certainly contracted to be doing this he work. He did see a list of names, and there there was names from people in the Pentagon, but almost everyone who had access to this uh, were people that worked for the, the these contractors and not within the U.S. government. Yes, that is what this man says. Ooh, ooh, did I did I detect a spicy hot take on, under under that confirmation? <laughs> You might have. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So how did Wilson find out? That's the big question here. Well, Mr. Wilson, yeah. <laughs> he is told Admiral Wilson is told of this, this black budget project looking into UFOs. And there's a, that should be his territory and he should be in control. So he tried to look into it. Well, how do you do it? You follow money trails. That's how you do it. You look into the clues, you follow the money. And he found that there was subsequent loss of money, these huge amounts that uh, were missing. So he goes and meets. This is the very short uh, version. We'll get into all this more. But he goes and meets with those involved. He is denied access. Uh, he was told it's need to know only, and he didn't need to know. He, he just, it's above his pay grade. So he gets pissed. He goes to his superiors. And remember, like I said, this dude is one of the joint chiefs of staff, and he is told to pound sand he doesn't need to know about this. That's a hell of a <laughs> statement. Well, so he's told, okay, he's told, he's told two things, right? One area that Davis seems to continue asking him about, and one that he says he doesn't, he just, changes the subject on um in one case he says that this uh 
what's the word? Uh, the assistant deputy undersecretary of defense for advanced development, uh, Judith Daly tells him that all of these programs and all these budget records are just wrong. She's like, we're, we're just revamping our system. And so all the system, all the money you're finding that looks like huge numbers and whatever. Due to accounting um, errors, $7 trillion are not missing, sir. Well, she, what she, what she basically says is it's like all these projects that are under one thing. Um, they each have their own budget, but we're just throwing them all together cumulatively and then just listing them together through a clerical error. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like what she says. And then Eric Davis here in this document says, change wait, wait, subject. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I'm, I'm digging that, that term. I'm not clear glare. Due to a clerical error, uh, we're not paying you anymore. Yeah, no, it's clerical well, error. I'm sorry, you said clerical error. You're not clear glare. Okay. I'm, I'm a really, listen, I am a very, I, I host a podcast, okay? We have dozens of listeners. Um, <laughs> we have so, dozens of listeners. <laughs> so this is, this is exactly what Wilson says, supposedly. And again, so all of this is, this is the, the, the written record of a meeting between Eric Davis and this guy, Wilson, that's now being put out there, right? So this is all Wilson. This is, this is Davis's recollection of a meeting he had with this guy. All right. Mm -hmm. So Wilson says here in Davis's recollection, she said by phone call that security and other program budget records were being revamped and relocated to their own record groups. Security budgets were sometimes cumulative and not annual numbers. Easy to see how misunderstandings occurs when comparing to annual program budget figures. Six to seven times could be two to five years of cumulative total. There have been errors in the way security budgets are reported. And so then Wilson says Perry ordered all these issues to be reorganized and straightened down to improve audit transparency. And then Davis changes the subject to say, well, where did you find this this money? And then that's when Wilson just starts screaming, core secret. Every time that he in the in the actual papers, which if you go to our website and in the the show notes, I'll have a link to the actual papers. There's 15 pages. 13 are, are notes from this meeting and two are a letter that is included. Um, there is a lot of use of the term core secrets um, because yeah. it would give away a lot. And like we said, so we're kind of dancing around this. Why do we care? Well, I, I need core secrets. I've been working on my core for a while now, and uh, <laughs> the crunches just aren't cutting it. Well, well, this guy is this guy throws around the term core secrets like Freakazoid says Freakazoid. Yeah. You know, he's just uh, like, you know. I actually just picked up six-minute core secrets. It's the sequel to eight-minute core secrets, so I'm really excited. <laughs> so why do we care, though? That's the important part. And he is told, or the, they say that they were told the following. These programs are in possession of technology that was not of this earth, not made by man, not made by human hands, and maybe even more crazy about it, they don't know where it's from, or maybe even when. They are reverse engineering this. These are these programs are reverse engineering programs specifically for this not of earth technology. Um, we are trying, or they, or humankind, the, the proverbial we, are trying to understand and exploit this technology. It's been going for years and years and years at a very slow pace with little to no success because they really only have a very limited amount of people that are allowed to work on these things. Between 400 and 800 people at, at over the course of this have worked on this with little to no success because... They don't understand what the fuck they're doing. 
that's a lot of uh woe to to throw at a dude uh hey i have, I have a question is this story considered canon in the Bob Lazar cinematic universe? Well, so um, we'll get actually, into that. That's a really funny. That's a really funny question. Yeah. So that's a that's the the sixty four million dollar question or whatever the hell the word is. So yeah, um, <laughs> and this is what E Admiral is told, and then he's told the pound. They actually told him this. The rest of it he wasn't allowed to know because it's above his pay grade. Well, it's like a James Bond movie. I mean, you, you, <laughs> oh, but well, Mr. Bond, let me tell you all of my plans before the laser cuts you in half. I was going to say, the other thing they don't mention here, or one of the things they don't mention is Wilson is kind of, he kind of seems to, the timeline is like really not very well laid out. And there's also in the middle of these documents, just like random letter from somebody right. um, basically telling Eric Davis that. He thinks UFOs are real, but he would never say he's been talking to Eric Davis in public. Um, so this guy, Wilson says, Wilson mentions that he, some of the UFO stuff that he's been talking about or interested in makes its way into a Boston Globe report by Leslie Keene. Mm-hmm. And Wilson says that he then starts getting phone calls and uh, comments in the hallways of like the Department of Defense where people are making fun of him. And just Lando sending him shit in the mail, and he's like, "Yeah, Fuck. he he just starts. He's just like stupid, goddamn people making fun of me for believing in UFOs." So he um he just starts getting made fun of, and it's never it's not made clear if he is made fun of before or after this visit to the super secret government program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because one would imagine that having secrets that were told to you leaked the press is probably a really good way to get kicked out of a program like that, that. is a very uh, a very good way one would think yeah yeah so it's kind of hard to parse together but he says that yeah essentially he um he goes to this he he finds that kind of three he he finds three names of people who are running this program supposedly or at least in it in some way he goes to meet with them after they kind of like run a background check on him and make sure everything's cool and whatever. And he says, well, okay, I need to be, I need to be read in on this. Cause I'm, you know, your boss. And they're like, well, you're not our boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have any oversight authority on what we do. You have no, this is essentially what they say to him, which is hard to imagine would be the case considering his role at the time. Yeah. <laughs> the head of the, and it also is believable too that he would be like, fuck this and fight it. And to where they say, Listen, you let this go, or we're going to retire you, and you're going to lose two stars during the process. And then he goes, mm, okay. And then he becomes the squeaky wheel, so to speak. I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's go to break. And when we come back, let's talk who's involved. Could this be true? And what does it mean? That's going to come up when we come back on Hysteria 51. Uh, Brent, is Taylor Dane involved in this story? <laughs> Only if you want to talk to her fan club president. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So 
it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're 50% off. (laughs) Rashate. (laughs) Redeem it. 50% 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Tell it to my heart, Brent. Taylor Tell it to my heart. Dane. I don't know if you know this or not, Chris. We, John mentioned Tell me I'm not the only one. The, uh, the break. John 
used to be, and I don't know if he still is, but he used to be the president of the Taylor Dane fan club. Interesting. It's not true. It's not even close to true. He used to write but Taylor Brent Dane made, fan fiction that he'd put himself in, but he was Brent young at the that time, joke on an, so he would like cross it over with shit like Denver the Last Dinosaur and oh, Silverhawks and oh, Taylor Dane Centurions. at Bayside High and stupid shit like that. And we'd always Taylor Dane and the Centurions. He'd always do it and wear corduroy pants, and we'd make fun of them for all of that. <laughs> so, so Brent made a joke about me, like offhanded just like aren't you the president of the taylor dane fan club and it struck us all funny i i don't even know if this was like an episode that we aired this was like so early and it's it's been a running a running theme but like brent it, it, most of the time when when we talk about running jokes we kind of acknowledge that like it's a joke and brent has like uh, i'm going to continue to use the word canon in this episode brent has like taken this as like canon now john is this like it actually happened your, it's like your therapist told you to do to to like deal with her it's like it's like you know when you're you're 50 years old and you've been telling people for so long that you were the all-star in the football team that you actually believe it at that point when really you were like she renewed the, the restraining order didn't she is that what's going on here? <laughs> i was gonna say it to me at least it seems like you are really uh trying hard to get me not to believe that you're the president of the taylor kane fan club yeah. which if the wilson docs have taught me anything it's that that is a surefire sign that you yeah. are actually the president yep. of the taylor Dane fan club hey brent i just want to point out now that's a transition <laughs> hey look at that link hey, look at the hey, stuff hey. i'm oh man i'm available for very cheap radio listeners <laughs> he's very very cheap <laughs> very you know, cheap it, you know what it, it is a good transition because it was a good time to do a show because i kind of mentioned this earlier this is one of the worst kept secrets in ufology because Everyone and anyone in every forum and everything is talking about the New York Times is probably, probably doing a piece on this. And I have read that ad nauseum. They talked about it uh, on the last Richard Dolan show. They've talked about this uh, with every, everything. So I'm the not bastion of truth that he is. Yeah. So I'm not telling any secrets out of school. What's funny, though, is that every actual reporter you talk to, anyone who's an actual reporter, any like real good source you talk to though about this stuff. And there's maybe like three good sources in all of ufology. Um, if you talk to any of them, they say we've heard that that's a whole bunch of bull. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell. It's definitely not going to be coming from the normal people, the normal people, normal people being Leslie Keen, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the problem, the problem with all of this. So we say the normal people, right? The normal people have been wrong pretty consistently throughout their history, right? Well, I, I'm, I, listen, I don't know what you mean by the normal people. I'm not as uh, in, in, involved in, 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 like, he's sketching Taylor Dane while we're reading about you. Right. Let me put it to you this way. The Wilson Davis papers uh, was an offshoot of Wilson Phillips to me right up until Brent <laughs> brought the idea to me uh, for the episode. So, like, I, I didn't know. But, uh, but one thing I will note, I think you you bring up a good point, or at least it was a point. Like like names that pop up in this story are the same fucking like Doctor Stephen Greer, like the same fucking names everywhere. Like these people, it's like I I I get off on stories that actually don't involve any of those names. I'm like, oh, mostly fresh meat. Just stories with Taylor Dane. Yeah, well, also true. There's there's definitely a kind of a consistent, and you actually mentioned it before, which is interesting. This idea of like a Stephen Greer, or not Stephen Greer, but a uh, uh, Bob Lazar extended universe, right? There, <laughs> there is, there is like not even, not even kidding. Like there is really a, 
there are different sort of, uh, this is true of almost all, you know, science is, science is political, right? Science is historical. Science is an artifact of the time in which it exists. And so you even get this in fields. I know the more you, the more you test, the more positive you're going to get. So stop (laughs) testing. Right. Stop (laughs) testing. What are you doing? Hey, hey now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is an evergreen. This is an evergreen episode. Come on, man. Hey, he said science is political. I'm just proving no, it out. No, no, no. So, uh, no, but really though, right? So there's, if you look at say something that you maybe not, maybe something you wouldn't consider to be political, um, which actually this is a terrible example because it's super political, but let's take like Darwinian evolution, right? Mm-hmm. In the United States and in the West, um, the story of Darwinian evolution is pretty standard, right? It starts with like, you know, Mendelian genetics, and then it moves to some of the ideas about, you know, like zoology and the development of, of biology as a science. And then finally kind of culminates with Darwin, um, you know, uh, talking about and writing about the theory of evolution and, and inherited traits and, and stuff like that. Right. So it's kind of two sciences yeah. coming together. If you were, though, talking to a scientist trained in the Soviet Union, they would tell you a completely different story about genetics and evolution. They would well, tell even you this. In, even, even in our own country, it's it's been turned into like this war against Christianity, which yeah, you know, the two aren't right. mutually exclusive. And, and so, Christianity yeah. has has turned into the de facto uh, 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 representation of the right. And and so it's almost like if you want to be conservative, you can't believe in evolution, uh, and if you want to be a Democrat, you can't believe in Christianity. Like like all these things have nothing to do with each other, but they get, they get like uh, conflated with each other. Right. And so the same the same thing happens in. Um, the same thing just happens in any group, really, you know? Um, so, you know, there are, like, if you think about music, right, there's the punks who think that, you know, the Sex Pistols did it first, and there's the punks that think it was the Ramones, and you have the punks that think it was uh, the New York Dolls, which is the correct answer. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's different ways that these things move. So in terms of ufology, there's sort of, I would argue there's almost kind of three competing camps, I guess, but it's it's pretty broad. There's... The kind of military industrial camp, that's the Bob Lazar extended universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, uh, they believe in this idea that, and, and the Wilson papers really kind of flesh this out. They even talk about one of the foundational books in this field, um, which is a book by, uh, Blum called, um, uh, what's it? It's called Out There, the government's secret quest for extraterrestrials. Uh, by Howard Blum, Wilson claims in this document that he was like a, a source for that, or he, he or Oak Shannon, uh, a scientist who worked with him, were basically helped on that book or were sources or at least agreed with it in some way. But so the idea essentially is that is that one you've heard before, right? Uh, an alien ship crashed. We recovered it. The government has people reverse engineering it for a long time. Bob Lazar was part of that program. Uh, and, and now To the Stars Academy is kind of an offshoot of that uh, one part of that program, which was studying for extraterrestrial visitation in the skies, right? Like investigating cases mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. There's that camp. There's the camp that thinks that all of this is a big misinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. That, I guess, would be the Doty extended universe or maybe like the Mirage Man universe. That's not what he's doing. He's yeah. Like- it's the weird mustache universe. <laughs> um, that in, in, in that in that universe, all of these people have been tricked by the government this entire time and they're all a bunch of idiots. Okay. That's that universe. Basically it's just a continuous series of errors and, and silly things. The 
third one, I guess, or the third camp, large camp generally, is that both of those camps are wrong. The government has nothing to do with this. And it's something else, right? Aliens are coming down and banging our dudes or banging our ladies or whatever, right? Like they're um, aliens or this visitation by this, this thing that's out there is something different. It's not measurable maybe, or it's metaphysical or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like the valet extended universe, but even that's a little bit of a, yeah, because valet is kind of part of that camp anyways. Like valet is like the doctor strange of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he kind of pops in and is like, none of well, it's real. He, he and he can disappears. pop up in any of those camps though. Exactly. He fits, he fits in all of them. Right. And so it's really a huge issue here. So this document is taken by the Bob Lazar extended universe camp to be another co- contemporaneous document just a that feather proves in their head. all this. Just a feather exactly. in their head. This is like another thing they can point to to say, look, it's all real. This guy talked about it back then. Um, whatever. Right. The trickery world looks at this document and says, Wow, this really makes To The Stars Academy look like idiots because it says in there that they also thought the alien autopsy video was real. And, you know, it just it brings up a whole lot of bad stuff for them. Right. And the other camp just looks at this, I guess, and says, who gives a crap? Right. And that's kind of the camp that I'm in, like, you know, whatever. But Chris, this is not time for our opinions. I'm sorry. So the main the the end of the show, I think it's important. The main players here, right, the main players here that are being mentioned so Eric Davis is a theoretical physicist who's kind of pro- he's very prodigious in the stuff he puts out, but he's relatively obscure in academic physics circles. I'd say he works for the government. Which is true of which is true of many theoretical. theoretical yeah, which is true of mo- the vast majority of physicists, right? Um, he worked. He works. He worked for industry and the government. Well, I, I guess what I, what I'm saying is that. Uh, traditional, if that's the word, physicists kind of take theoretical physicists with a grain of salt. Sure, and but but I'm I'm saying even mainstream theoretical physicists take his work with a tremendous grain of salt. Oh, I right? see what you mean. Like he's ma- okay. Got he's it. on the outside of the mainstream of physics, right? Um, doesn't mean he's wrong necessarily. He's just he's just not, you know, he's not in the mainstream, right? Yeah, got it. Um, he's part of a long, a long line or kind of a pedigree of scientists who the government has paid to research weird stuff, kind of. So Hal Pudoff, who did remote viewing experiments, um, John Alexander, who did research on non-lethal weapons, and then his mentor. Haven't we seen Hal Pudoff's name against so many of these stories? Because Hal Pudoff is also a part of TTSA and he has his had his finger in, you know, in NIDS and everything that we've talked about. I mean, he's he's like the go-to man when you need that guy. Yeah, so a lot of this stuff kind of, it's interesting, a lot of this stuff starts with the hippie movement in the 1960s and then essentially metaphysics cults that found in that time period, such as Scientology. Um, those groups give these people this idea that the consciousness, you know, your consciousness, your conscious self can extend outside of your body in some way, but that it can be measured. It's scientific. Metaphysics in a weird way. And the government goes, let's weaponize it. Right. And so the government, that's how the government kind of gets involved in this is there's a, uh, a general uh, Stubblebean is his name, who is interested in these kind of esoteric cultish or occultish, I should say, sort of things. And so he, decides like, well, let's check it out. And that's what spawns the whole program that ends up in that book or, or movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, right? Right. 
Um, you might have stepped out of your body. But have you ever stepped out of your body on DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and so these all these people kind of come together because of Robert Bigelow, right? So John Alexander, Pudoff, Davis, um, Colm Kelleher, George Knapp, all these people start working together under Bigelow. They also, though, all interact with Richard Doty, it looks like, and get information from him. Who's that guy that then will say, I was tricking you all, ha ha ha, mm-hmm. or whatever he says. It's, so it's, it is all the same people, right? And it's interesting that you say it that way, too, because and I, I mentioned this to you before the show, because I asked around about this and reached out to several people to you know possibly be on the show and when you and I were talking, and I was surprised by how many you said, I don't want to talk about that, or a few that said, I refuse to acknowledge those papers. Or I don't want my name associated with them uh, when I think that they're going to be. It's one of these things that when this comes out, if this goes into the New York Times, there's going to be a whole slew of of I told you so and people that just take it at face value because if it, it might be in the New York Times, the New York Times has been very friendly to the UFO community as far as releasing things over the years. The issue with documents like this is there's always bits and pieces that you can sort of corroborate, but then also parts that don't make any damn sense. Right. So Mm -hmm. like the first, within the first uh, 20, you know, 30, 30 words of this document, something doesn't make sense. Right. So at this point, Admiral Wilson has been retired from the Navy for uh, quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, he so is this, now yeah, the DIA. This, this meeting happened in 2002, but most of these meetings and stuff that happened, they were talking about in like 97 when a yeah, lot of so, this other stuff happened. But so when, when Davis and, um, when Davis and, um, Wilson meet, he says that he gets brought, he's brought there by two Navy officers in uniform. Yep. yep. Um, but that Wilson is a, uh, He's in Wilson clothes is in seat. is in plain clothes, and the reason that he's in plain clothes is because Wilson has at this point retired from the DIA and is working for a company. Mm-hmm. So, a would the Navy? Why are there Navy people in uniform with him if he's a private citizen? Because the Office of Naval Intelligence is real, Chris. It's real. It's right, real. Yeah. B. B <laughs> um, if you're trying to be super secret and talk about aliens with your buddy, do you bring two other witnesses to the meeting? Um, well, they went inside. Right? That seems they stupid. went inside for a meeting of their own and didn't stick around in this. Car. Still, though, that seems a little weird, right? Um, <laughs> there's all kinds man. of issues with this, right? Yeah. Um, the other one is that he's saying that a a uniformed uh, commander or a petty officer or whatever mm-hmm. is um, driving him around in a car. Yeah, the petty officer, which right? would make sense if he was still an admiral. I mean, maybe, kind yeah, of. Sure, like, I don't, do. I don't know. Around like a chauffeur. Right? Uh, so um, that, you know, but yeah, but otherwise, yeah. So there's all kinds of like interesting things here, right? That, that bring up that come up there, right? There's other things too. He talks about again, um, you know, he, he talks about being ridiculed for believing in UFOs within the, within the Navy. He talks about being annoyed when things like this release, uh, and saying, basically saying like, if this conversation's contents ever go out there, I'm going to, uh, say it never happened, which is really cool if you're, telling a story about someone that then if they deny it, it becomes more proof. Right. Right. Um, so it's just from my perspective, at least pragmatically, these are people, the people that are giving this information have been wrong a lot, like a lot, a lot. Well, let me ask, let me ask this. Let me ask a really basic question. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play, play the listener. Cause it, it, you guys have me, you guys have me wondering this one basic 
question. Like, what is, other than the fact that documents showed up on Reddit, like, what is the reason that we should give a moment of thought to this whatsoever? They didn't just show up on Reddit. So this has been something that has been dangled and, and talked about. Um, that pre these documents coming out, uh, as far back as 97, we had uh, Stephen Greer. Uh, he broke a story meeting with Admiral Wilson back in 97 and, and kind of spread around a lot of stuff. The problem with Stephen Greer is he can't keep his mouth shut about anything. And so they have talked about this outside of these. Now, these could be, you know. Well, and he's a proven liar, just right? Pl- well, like, he has love him or hate him. There's there's a lot of people in both camps. Yeah. Pay $6,000 and go to the desert with him to call him a liar like that. <laughs> I don't I don't love him or hate him, but I mean. No, people. Things, that's their, things their, he has said yes. have been proven to be factual, factually inaccurate, right? You don't think he can tell. Well, you don't think he can summon aliens or something? What's I don't think on? that I can go out into the <laughs> desert are you talking about and look up at the no, sky and true. make them show up, which is a funny <laughs> thing because in these in this paperwork and in, in what was said, which um, um, they said in this. Is there crash retrieval? Is there could there be bodies and that stuff? Yes. Has all the other. You know, the booga booga, ooh, scary, and people being um, abducted. abducted. It's all a lie. And that's that's what supposedly is is also part of this. Yeah, so that's so the thing is that it um, – so your question essentially is why do we care about these documents, right? There is right. free these like, documents. Why, why, why do you care about these documents any more than like a, a notebook piece of paper that I wrote? You know, I saw aliens and uploaded it to Reddit. Like, what, right. I, what, I, what sets this apart? I would say nothing. I would say that – Eric Davis has been wrong about other things before. I don't necessarily trust him on any of this stuff. Um, I don't have any reason to. I mean, I don't have any, you know, it, um, I, there is no reason, right? If you trust Eric Davis, and even Eric Davis has said, you know, it hasn't really, it, essentially it is, this is a, a perfect game of kind of, um, it's, it's, it is confidence, right? It's, it's, it is a con basically right it depends on the confidence you have in the person talking right. to you and telling you and the two parties that we're talking about right now have been asked about this and uh admiral wilson has said this is categorically false this never happened all this is a lie and eric davis says no comment right but other people within nids an organization that eric davis belonged to before have seemingly said this is true some of the bits of it seem to check out for instance oak shannon being part of all of this is seemingly true. He's, uh, you know, the name that's kind of floating around there, but he's also referenced in, um, John Alexander's book on non-lethal weapons. Um, or he's thanked rather than acknowledged there's, uh, there's, so there's bits and pieces of this that kind of line up. The, the issue though, again, is this is Davis's recollection of a meeting that occurred, right? Mm-hmm. So that on, in itself means that you trust Davis to give a good recollection of it. And on top of that, and regardless of whether or not you think Davis is telling the truth or not, what investigative power does that actually have? Well, I do trust Davis to do one thing, and that's track down a fly ball in center. There we go. You know, uh, this also kind of k- kicks in with the whole a lot of people want to say, where's the money? And this this has Pentagon giving money to black projects and, and letting them have total anonymity. And it, it 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 lets a lot of people, I think, feel good about finding this out. Because it makes sense, maybe even more sense to do this than what it probably or could be being spent on, like you know, torture and, and horrible shit like that. Um, yeah. The program manager who, who in this story, if you believe it, they, they talked about there were 
there were no weapons. It's not an intelligence program. It's not any special ops logistics. It's just reverse engineering and, you know, of technical hardware that they recovered in the past. And he said he asked them, was it Soviet or Chinese technology? He said, no, no, not that at all. It's it's one of those things where I think it's a comforting thing if you want to believe these things. But the other thing that they talked about, if you believe these papers, is they brought up MJ-12 and how there mm-hmm. was this there was a portion of the government, a group that was in charge. And MJ-12 is another thing. The Majestic 12 papers have been scrutinized and depending on who you talk to, thoroughly debunked. And I think throwing them in this was suspect or, or not a good move. I don't know. How do you feel, Chris? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that that's a bad move. So is the discussion of autopsies of aliens and things and other next week on Fox. Yeah. Other things that come up in all of this. I think it's I, when this first came out, I thought that this was an attempt to discredit to the stars Academy. Oh, that's really? what I thought this was. Yeah. I thought this was an attempt to discredit to the stars Academy because I thought here is a document that makes one of their main researchers look like uh, an idiot. Because he believes in MJ-12 and crash retrieval programs and all this other kind of fantasy stuff. It also puts Luis Elizondo in a very uncomfortable position trying to now – they've been they've tried very hard to get above the kind of fray when it comes to um, UFO stuff, right? They've tried really hard not to ask – not to be asked about any of the crazy stuff that's out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Suddenly, this document comes out that links one of their their head scientists, kind of you know, number two, really throughout his throughout his career. Almost, it links him directly to all that UFO craziness. You know, it's not a great look if you're trying to get investors, if you're trying to get serious investors. It also suggests that some of the people that are working with you as a military connection, maybe if there is a real group like this or a real piece of, uh, if there is a real program like this, a leak like this is intensely damaging. Right. So you can imagine that if something like this leaked and has Eric Davis's name all over it, that would seem to suggest that it would mean he's no longer part of, you know, he could never be part of a program like this ever again. No, not at all. Because he can't be trusted. Right. You know, not to write notes on a super secret alien meeting with an admiral. Right. Let's go to break real quick. And when we come back, I got some questions for you guys, some thoughts. We're going to try to round this whole thing together. Um, It's been all over the place because this is all over the place and it's all just a... He said, he said, she said nonsense or not nonsense. And the truth finally coming out. You be the judge. But we're going to discuss that next on Hysteria 51. You know, Eric Davis hit over 280 home runs in his career. That's good for a scientist. I have one question for you guys. <laughs> okay. You get one. So use it wisely. Where's Chris Sabo in this whole story? How is he involved? He's he's batting cleanup <laughs> in the in the the UFO dungeons or or or, or whatever. Lord. <laughs> so we got Admiral Wilson. He denies it. We got Eric Davis. He says no comment. And I feel like this is to me, like I said a minute ago, the MJ twelve papers all over again. MJ twelve is mentioned in the papers, but I I have so many questions like. One thing is, you know, could it be Wilson would leak this knowing it would get out? Could it be smoke and mirrors? And you bring up good point there. Like, how much does TTSA know and play a part in this? 
because Hal put off as a player and we got, you can't not talk about Bigelow. Before we get to that, I, I want to go to, to your original question. Could, could this be smoke and mirrors, Brent? Uh, I'm still, there, there's one thing I'm still unclear on and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make a Cincinnati Reds joke this time. I'm, I'm being, I'm being honest and the, I just don't understand. And, and the part I don't understand is when we, when we look at any of these stories, when we look at, I mean, Bob Lazar is the perfect example. You can believe Bob Lazar. You can not believe Bob Lazar. Doesn't matter. It's his story and he's going to tell it the way he, the way he, he says he experienced it. This is a, this is a set of papers online. This is not any of the original alleged participators saying that it happened. I'm still unclear. Like when we say, could this be smoke and mirrors? Uh, could this be an internet troll? Like is what is, what about this is anything more than Polybius? That, that that's my question. That that's the part I don't, I'm not, I'm not tracking why we believe this any more than anything else. When the people supposedly involved aren't even saying they were involved. It's a, it's a really good question. You have to remember that this is part of a long history of stories like this, of leaks like this, of kind of other bricks laying the foundation for this whole um, universe of information that exists or this whole storyline. So the nature of the story makes it more credible inherently to the reader because they've seen this version before. Yeah, this is, this is a hundred percent a case where, and this is true of most uh, pseudoscience, frankly, this is a hundred percent a case where the overarching mythology is already believed. And since this document fits in that mythology, it must be true. I think for, I think a lot of it is that. I also, though, do think that a lot of this seems like the we so we know that Eric Davis was part of NIDS. We know that around this time, NIDS or Bigelow Aerospace or whatever, uh, for, at least on the outside to the public, looked like it was working with NASA, looked like it was doing all kinds of interesting stuff. You know, um, it this has been kind of a, a long storied uh, career of kind of faking it till you make it. In terms of the Bigelow story and the whole NIDS thing. So uh, this document seems to seems to also seems to also corroborate stuff that's been hinted about that's been kind of in UFO chat rooms that's been even on on the news when people say like Edgar Mitchell when they, you know, interview him and stuff and he talks about, well, you know, aliens are real or whatever. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff to this. Um that seems to fit into a larger narrative that a lot of people think there's really good evidence for already. But you're, what you're describing right now is how you create a greater extended universe in a, in a novel based on a TV show. Like if you watch Star Trek, the next generation and they came out with like 30 novels that happened in between seasons, it's not that any of the stuff that they talk about in the novels, like actually happened on the TV shows. But what they do is they take what happened in the TV shows and they make it fit into the novels. I think, I think really, I think people want this to be true, and they they use names of people that it would make sense, or, or it really happened. I I swear to you, I, I I hope to God I'm wrong and this really did happen. I you know I kind of lean towards it didn't, but not kind of I do. But but I think that's one of the things that people latch on to things that fit their narrative, and this fits a lot of narratives, um, for better or for worse. And why? Does this happen? Well, because it's fun to troll, I think, and it's fun to well, do. Do we even know? 
Like, like, do we, do we even know, like, like, oh, okay, so, like, when you think about evidence in stories, right, like, not always do the people involved in the stories corroborate the evidence, that, that's true for a number mm-hmm. of reasons, right, whether they're under uh, uh, agreement not to, whether they're under pressure not to, whatever it is, but then at least we know who's bringing forth the evidence, we know that, that, um, uh, uh Monica Lewinsky says it happened, therefore, there's a person we can point at and go, okay, well, that, at least that person says it happened. Uh, th- it's not Bill Clinton. It's not, you know, it, but th- there's a person that says it happened. Like, is there even a person who, who, who like is the physical representation of this story? There's a lot of, I mean, I would argue that that's kind of Eric Davis, but he said, he said, he said no comment. Right. right but he's saying no comment to be extra super secret. Right. He's not saying, you know, no. he's, he's doing that comment. because he's part of super secret government programs and he can't talk about it. That's the whole thing here. This it's it's Oh, so he's giving off that smell on purpose. You're not yeah, like you're not um well, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not on purpose, but I would argue that that's how people are taking it for sure. Yeah, I the agree whole with that. the whole thing here is this is like um this almost strikes me like when and actually it's funny cuz the Black Vault uh he posted a uh, a thing where he basically says this reads like a script. And it actually reminded me of cases where, um, you know, like the Batman, um, or let, let's take it, for example, the it, it number two, right? The supposedly there was this script that came out beforehand before it was made as it currently exists in theaters. That was a much darker kind of storyline, right? And it was a larger script and a lot of people said they had read it and everything else. There were all these rumors out there about it. And then finally that script leaks online or, or other versions of that script leak online. And regardless of whether or not that script is the real original script, because people already think that script script exists, that script being the script suddenly becomes a possibility. And so people latch onto that. And that's the whole thing that drives sort of UFO culture is that whole question of, well, what if though this is true? Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I get the, I get the, um, the love and the, uh, the glamorization of it. I, I just I, I was literally asking like nuts and bolts. Is there is there any reason that we should to hold on to, glom to on go to on to what you're saying? Supposedly, who facilitated this was this this Oak Shannon who had told, "Hey, Eric Davis, I want you to go meet with this admiral. I think you guys should talk." And he was the one that they say that um, with if you're cool with Shannon, you, you're cool with me, and I'll tell you these things, and and then you know the admiral gets burned. And he's another one that they have. Well, have you talked to him about that? No, his health isn't good and we can't really talk to him about it. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is that the rumor floating around is that these documents were leaked by the estate of Edgar Mitchell, right, as part of the documents he had when he worked for NIDS. Um, so another kind of layer of like a veneer of realness to these documents. The other thing, too, though, that I'll say is that. He says that it's a. He says that it's the biggest. He says that it's it's the biggest aerospace company. It's not. It is not Bigelow Aerospace. Oh, I it thought would, he said it, it was in the to be, top three. Um, yeah, that not big. Is. That's still not Bigelow Aerospace, okay. right? Um, we're talking like Lockheed Martin. I don't know Boeing. Boeing. And maybe. I don't know Gulfstream. Maybe I don't even know. You know what I mean? It's just interesting so it's, because there's so many well, players. Back in my day, it was McDonald Douglas. Well, yeah, it's it's certainly like, not. I, it's certainly not. It's cert- oh I, yeah, it's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly not Bigelow Aerospace. The other thing I'll say, if it, it, it came to me, um, when these documents first leaked, 
suddenly they were they were used because people were so sure that these were real. They were used to start saying that other parts of the crazy UFO theory world were real. So, for example, um, one of the main people who was the source of these documents, this uh, a lawyer named Michael W. Hall, who's kind of makes the rounds in the paranormal and UFO world. Um, I had an argument with him. I loved his work in the 80s. I had a very long argument with him where he was making the case. Well, what if the autopsy video is real because these documents say that there really was an autopsy? Okay. We argue there for like a half hour. <laughs> That's that's the problem with some of this, right? Wait, wait, somebody like you're serious. Somebody said that, even though would, would he, would, is he arguing that like the 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 documentary footage of the documentary being prepared was was false just to throw us off the scent? His argument was that even if only one frame of that was real, it is still valuable evidence. Frame two six nine seven. And my argument was that my <laughs> argument my argument just like my argument with these documents is that. If somebody, if you drop a loaf of bread into a dirty puddle, you don't, you throw away the bread. You don't start looking for the part of the bread that was untouched by the puddle to eat it. Depends on how fucking hungry you are. These documents are the bread and the shit of ufology is the puddle. Um, (laughs) these, these things there. And Brent, the joke you just made is actually really, no, I I was, I was making a point. It depends on how hungry you are for it. And if, yeah, you're no, willing, you're not wrong. You, you'll eat whatever they throw at you. Yeah, and that's and that's the whole thing here, right? That there the the level of reality or the level of kind of provenance on these documents that has to be true for people to accept them, for skeptics to accept them, to people who don't already believe in UFOs to accept them, is so high that the the in my mind we have to get rid of all of the stuff connected with Bigelow, all the stuff connected with Nids, all of those old names need to stop. We just need to stop listening to them because no one will believe them. No one in their right mind would believe them. Yeah. Um, hey, man. Well, let me let me bring this home with something because we, we talked about Oak Shannon, and that's the person that they say that, that kicked it off. I got a couple quotes from him. He said, I've seen the images and I've seen what shows up on aircraft radar screens, but who knows what they are. I think there's something real going on, and there's an appropriate reason to study it, but not to sit around the campfire and tell goosebumpy tales. And he also said he avoids the great taboo because of all the crazies and hoaxers and the damage those associations can wreak on a career. The idea that some people regard whatever's driving the phenomenon as space brothers to come save us is nonsense. And the F-18 videos, he said, are lame evidence for unearthly tech. So kind of a uh, shitting on that whole thought process by Shannon, uh, so to speak. So, hey. well, that's that's the funny. That's kind of the funny thing, right, is. All of the people that have sort of, you know, for me, for me at least, right? And I'm very skeptical of all this stuff. I don't know if my tone has brought that across in this episode. Um, Your tone always I'm, brings that across. I know. You, I'm that's just, why you're so popular on Twitter. Sense, oh, Jesus Christ, Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, come throw shit my way, at Mad Scientist Cox. <laughs> um, the, uh, as, far, as far as I'm concerned, the only people that are worth listening to about any of this UFO stuff are the people that claim that they've been abducted or had experiences and seen things. Those are the only people that are worth talking to and hearing about this because they're sort of primary sources. You don't know if they're, you don't know if they are telling the truth or not, obviously, right? You, you can't know that. However, um, you can get their stories and you can hear interesting things and it's separated from all this other stuff that, that is sort of, again, like 
I think the people that believe these documents, the people that think these documents are, are interesting are people who they viscerally want the government to come out and say UFOs are real. They want there to be evidence that the government has been hiding it. They want there to be evidence of a larger conspiracy. I want there to be evidence, and I want to find out that they've been hiding it, but I still don't believe right, this but, stuff. But would you – but that's what I'm saying though. You we, – we both want there to be evidence. We both want this to be real. Right, I think I think go forth. I think that's true for you too. Right, it'd be awesome if aliens were real. It'd be sick. Amen. Yeah, it'd be super Amen. cool, right? It's just a whole new species that he can introduce Taylor Dane to. Right, it's perfect. Right, think about th- oh my god, tens of uh, tens tell of it new to my, members. Tell it to my two hearts. Tell it to my so... tell me my ventricle chamber that pumps my plasma of life. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't know. People, uh, man, some weird aliens, shit, man. so good. Tell me, I'm the only. <laughs> hey. Hey, don't use that tone. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We're just uh, Taylor. Dane it's all good. No, story. it's fine. I'm, I'm just having a great time over here, guys. Um, <laughs> people, people really want they, they want that to be the narrative because they, they've bought into it already. You know, they've bought into right, it. Right. And you're so invested. Like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Yeah. So so any kind of evidence like this. And I think honestly, though, you know, there are people doing there. There is really good. I think these documents have a lot of interesting aspects to them. And so as part of a larger mythology, they're, they're worth reading They're de- If you're interested in this stuff, they're certainly worth looking at, you know? Well, I really liked what you said, Chris, about um, how, you know, somebody who exp- an experiencer you'd rather listen to than, than this. And, and I agree with that. Uh, whether I agree, whether I think somebody, what, what someone says happened to them happened I'm very, I'm, I'm much more interested in their story than I am, um, you know, a random document that no one will claim. Like that's why, like, like if if you it, <laughs> grudge match this story versus Bob Lazar, I'm taking Bob Lazar ten times out of ten. And not listen, I know, I, I know what everyone thinks of Bob Lazar's story, and I I I know what you guys think of but Bob Lazar's story, Bob and I'm not necessarily story. saying that I'm a, I'm a huge uh, <laughs> a supporter of it. But at least the man is out there saying this happened. I was there. Like there's no one like like the first thing the first thing when it comes to truth is is there someone willing to claim it? Yeah, and that and that I think is really the biggest the most damning thing for these documents is the fact that if these were genuine, you would think that they represent so it's it's kind of a it's it is a conundrum for the people that have been the loudest about pr- promoting these documents are the disclosure crowd for right? these people on. Um, well, that's the, that's the Euroboros of, of this whole problem, right? Like, yeah. And that's, and that's, yeah, exa- exactly. That, that's, that's a, like it, it literally is this circular thing that just keeps going on and on. And, and, you know, Oh, Dr. Stephen, Stephen Greer again. Right. Um, and great. And that's kind of what I think the problem here with this is, right. It's sort of, it's one of two ways. It's if these documents are true, they would seem to suggest you have that that would seem to be a leak that would that would point to the fact of there being UFO disclosure, right? Because this this leak, if this leak is true, if you can prove this document is true, we have a uh, an admiral saying UFOs are real. I found the programs; they exist, right? Mm-hmm. So right that it's a, it would be an important document in that case. And he also found proof that MJ twelve exists. So you're ticking off all these boxes. Right. But then you have someone who will not say either way if they're true on either side of the document on this conversation. Right. Um, you, so 
you seem to have people who you are looking for toward for disclosure, right? Eric Davis seemingly is on the side of disclosure. Why then would he deny it if he's really working for disclosure? Well, we know the answer. I mean, come on. We, we know the answer. This was – you guys have pieced together what we've even said on this show today. It, it, it was – most of the meetings happened in 97. This meeting happened in 2002. Um, it, it was a meeting that, that the livery was uh, <laughs> with someone who was part of the uh, uh, part of the Navy that he wouldn't even have had a Navy. Like, like it, none, of it, none of it pieces together. I mean, it's it's a story, and it's you're probably going to hear about it. Here's here's the big take home: it's a story. It exists. It's making the rounds for the last year, pretty hardcore. And there's a chance that this is going to be coming out in the news, and it might not. We don't know. But when it does come out, think about it and use some deduction skills and common sense and decide for yourself what you think about it. But there could be some hoopla or it could play out like everything else, including the Tic Tac videos and stuff where the, the common person just goes, meh, I don't care. Um, and it's probably going to cause some, some infighting in the, the UFO community. And I would just, I would just leave it, leave this with you, uh, dear listener. And, and we'll give Cogswell the last, the last word. If you go read the, the Wilson Davis letters, the, the, the document, um, as you're reading it, keep this one thing in, in your mind that you need to tell it to your heart. <laughs> tell me not you're, you're not the only one. Keep thinking, keep oh. pretending like you don't know those by heart. <sighs> Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll just say in all my time researching this stuff, which now kind of academically, it's been, I don't know, about 10 years really, since I started kind of doing this as part of my, um, you know, part of the, the research work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, part of your disinformation campaign? No, we get it. Right. Yeah, you know, part of my, my checks coming from the aliens in China and everything. If you're part um, of the government just <laughs> fucking with me, Chris, I will come and I'll stab you in your sleep. <laughs> so funny. Not that you'll never find me. Ha ha ha. Pocket sand. <laughs> the, uh, you know, you can't. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it was funny. Bro. Oh, dude, King of the Hill, come on, man! Pocket sand, pocket, pocket sand, ja ja ja. Um, you can't. So we we can't know the truth or falsity of the individual claims, right? You can't know. These could one hundred percent be true. You they can't know. No, I no. They're one hundred percent false until someone claims them. No, right? no, no. But no. Right, well, that, well, well, hold claiming on, hold or on, not on. claiming doesn't make something true or false. We just won't know the answer. Yeah. So here, okay. So here's what I'm saying. We can't, this is a kind of a perfect example of this. This is a perfect example of this, right? We can't know either way if these are true or false. But what we can do is look at the internal logic of the argument and see if that is consistent. If the documents aren't even internally consistent on their own, then they're probably not true, right? Or at least it doesn't make sense. So you can start looking at this and thinking to yourself, okay, well, uh, here we're looking at, you know, I mean, just I think this is true of any piece of document like say- this or any piece of evidence. Yeah, like what this. you're saying is you can convince yourself that anything's real, right? You can convince yourself that anything is real ultimately, but in cases like this where there's really no answers to be found, in my mind at least, the best approach you can take is checking the internal logic of the document. Right? Does the document itself or does that piece of evidence make sense in the framework of everything else we know about this, all the other stuff that we think we know about this worldview? 
if this is true, if this if this is true, then Bob Lazar is telling the truth. Okay, if this is true, it would seem to suggest that uh, Philip Corso is telling the truth in his book, right? And they actually talk about him in this document. If this is true, it suggests that the government has been hiding super advanced technology from us for decades. All kinds of things would have to be true from this. If this is true, 400 to 800 people are keeping a secret this big from the rest of us. The funny part is I don't necessarily not believe any of the other statements you just made. Well, like, like there's no, like, uh, Bob Lazar is telling the truth. The uh, 800 people kept a secret. Corso, yeah. And that's what I'm saying, okay. right? If these, are, okay. if these are the people, if the, I just don't believe these documents, that that's my biggest problem. And that, and that might be true too, right? You might just not believe these documents. Um, I'm just trying. I don't know. It's so hard from a perspective of someone who it's hard to evaluate these outside of gut instinct. I guess is what I'm trying to get at, right? It's damn near impossible. Yep. So how do you do it? Well, you you use your gut. That's what we did, folks, and hopefully you do it yourself. <laughs> If they want to use their gut to tell us we're full of shit, or more importantly, Chris is because he likes to get yelled at, how could they do that, John? Well, they first they flip a coin, uh, <laughs> but then they go to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Kids, that is our Facebook discussion group. Uh, we've had a lot of new signups lately. We really appreciate it, and we encourage you, if you're a, a dear, dear listener, to to hop on board Check out our discussions about this and all the topics that we cover uh, in Hysteria yeah, 51. Yeah, on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's our Facebook page. Patreon, patreon.com slash Hysteria51. You can find extra episodes and up all nights. And I'm happy to say that I was just a guest on another podcast with Rhonda Shear from USA Up All Night that really helped me through my young formative years uh, watching her on television. Uh, tell us more and, about uh, that, Brent. I ha- so if you guys listen to her up all nights, we it goes, it's her saying, hi, everybody, welcome into it. And then Seba goes, Hysteria 51, up all night. Well, she did it for us, so we now have her. Uh, and in fact, I'll drop a little clip of it right here. Hi, it's Rhonda Shear here. Welcome into Hysteria 51, up all night. And that is the real yes! Rhonda Shear. Yes! 14-year-old and 40-year-old uh- me is so proud. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what happens on this show from here on out. I don't care if uh, you know we have the prime minister of of England on tomorrow. That is proof that we've yep. made it. Yep, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm getting. I'm updating my resume as we speak. <laughs> We're going to get back to voicemail soon. As soon as we are together, seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. Let's kick COVID's ass and get back into the studio, John. Seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. And the most important thing you can do if you're leaving a voicemail right now, we will listen to them. We will not necessarily play them because wow, we have a backlog. Stand out. Be interesting. Be funny. Give us don't a different do eight take. minutes. And also don't do eight minutes. <laughs> We're probably not going to play that. But, you know, 30 seconds to a minute is perfect. And we can get a whole bunch of them in. So shoot for that. And if you forget any of this, Hysteria51.com. Gophopedia.com. But there's some other places you need to be going. And that is for Dr. With a PhD, Chris Cogswell, the mad scientist himself. Ah, that's a that's PhD for a pimp and hose, pimp and hose degree. degree. It's it's not a tailored Dane Masters, but it's almost as good. Chris, 
Where can everyone find you? Where can they almost as they good. twat at you and 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 uh, pooter and and all those all the things that the kids <laughs> call it these days? Yeah, come yell at me on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod. Um, the show is the Bad Scientist Podcast, hosted with my co-host Marie Mayhew. Uh, find us on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere, all the all the podcast places. Yes, yeah, and fourthhand.com <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> keeping it in the family here oh and speaking of twitter at hysteria 51 pod on there if we didn't say it we probably did but you can also follow john and i i'm the brent hand at the brent hand on twitter and he is at gofo light one g-o-f-o-l-i-t-e-1 give us some follows give us some shouts let's talk on there and this has been uh, the wilson davis papers the core secrets papers it's been a weird one, but uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I know. I know. It was a weird one. No, from like working on my core. <laughs> so with that core said, secrets, I've been Brent. I've been Chris. I've been John. And he hasn't been conspiracy bot. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.